0: This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from Indicloud. Is Indicloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. Head over to intocloud.co/spring24. That's co, com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Mapper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. It's officially 2023. A new year is here. Everyone is busy making plans. They're making changes in their lives and resolutions for the future. It's typically seen as a chance to start over, a time of hope. But for 18-year-old Marina Bolter, New Year's Eve of 2014 would be the last day her friends and family would see her. After clocking out at her shift at a local grocery store, she headed home to get ready for a New Year's Eve party. She was last seen getting into the vehicle of an unidentified man who was waiting for her at a gas station from across the store where she worked at. This is an unsolved case, and Marina has never been seen again since this day. It is assumed by law enforcement at this point that she is likely no longer with us. There is enough reason to assume that someone might want to hurt Marina, as she was involved in a very tumultuous long-term relationship with her child's father, and she was dating a much older married man. We're going to talk about who Marina is, the key players in her life, the timeline on the day of her disappearance, as well as where this case stands today. Let's jump in. Marina Bolter was born on July 15, 1996, to her parents John and Tressie, who were very much on again, off again. When she was a younger child, she lived with her father and her brothers in Hamilton, Ohio. However, she would move to Bloomsfield, Indiana when she was in the 8th grade in order to be closer to her mother. It's obviously not a conventional upbringing, but there's no indication that she had a terribly difficult or traumatic childhood or family life. Actually, she was really close to her family. Marina was described as a happy, healthy child who excelled in school until she hit her teen years. Around this time, she began hanging out with the wrong kind of crowd, and she became boy crazy. While she was still in high school, she began dating a much older man named Douglas Lockhart, who went by the name DJ. DJ was five years older than Marina, and beyond that, he was a full-grown adult who was dating a teenage girl. When Marina was 17 years old, she became pregnant with a little boy named Landon. Marina absolutely loved her son, and she tried her very best to be a good mother with the limited resources that she had available to her. Sadly, Landon would be placed into foster care when he was just four months old, because neither of his parents could provide a loving, stable, safe home for him. DJ wasn't the most involved father. And Marina, she did the best that she could, but she was still a child herself. There would be an incident in August of 2014, about four months before Marina would disappear, involving her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Marina's sister, Faith, was involved in a physical altercation with her boyfriend in the home where Marina lived with her baby boy. Somehow during the fight, the baby was struck in the head and he received a brain injury. As you can imagine, authorities swooped in and took the baby out of the home. Because his father, DJ, couldn't take care of him either, the baby was placed in foster care. Marina was furious with her sister Faith. It caused this huge rift in the family and I don't think furious is even strong enough of a word. According to those who were close to Marina, Faith was never really a great sister to her anyway and the pair always fought. Now it was Faith's fault that Marina's baby was seriously injured and had been taken away. Marina basically cut her sister off from all communication, which was probably for the best because not long after this, Faith went on the lam. She was on probation from the incident when she failed her drug test, so she decided to run from authorities instead of going back to jail. All this to say, Marina had a lot going on in her life, but she was trying to get things back on track and to get custody of her son. Now it's 2014, she's 18 years old, and she has a job working at the deli counter at the local IGA grocery store, so she's working hard to save up enough money to go to school and to get her son back. Now this job was just going to be a temporary position. Her real dream was to become a pastry chef someday. She had dropped out of high school when she started dating DJ and became pregnant, but she had obtained her GED, and she had planned to apply to culinary training school. It's really sad, because she would get caught up in some really nasty drama, and she would never get the chance to go to school or to get her son back. Marina had broken it off for good with her on-again, off-again boyfriend DJ, She had gotten her own apartment, where she was planning to bring her son to live with her once she gained custody. All good things. But a few months prior to her disappearance, Marina began dating a much older, married man named Toby Deem. Toby had been a longtime friend of the family, particularly a close friend of Marina's mother, Tressie. And in my opinion, this makes it so much worse because this means that he knew Marina when she was just a child and he was able to somehow romantically involve himself with her when she was just a teenager. While the affair was mostly kept a secret, Tressie was aware that her close friend was in this romantic relationship with her young daughter. Now, Toby's wife was unaware that her husband was stepping out on her with a young girl, at least for the majority of the time. That is, until Tressie called her up and made her aware, shortly before the disappearance. As for Marina, she felt like she was head over heels for this older man. He had helped Marina to get her own place just a few blocks away from where he lived with his wife, and he had even helped her to move into the place. He had made Marina all of these big promises to help her to rebuild her life and to get her son back, and Marina fell for every single line. She is an 18-year-old girl after all. Clearly, this older man is taking advantage of the situation that Marina is in and using it as a way to get her to date him. Now, it is the day of Marina Boulder's disappearance, December 31st, 2014. Marina is working her shift at the deli counter at the IGA in Bloomfield, Indiana. At 6 p.m., her shift is done, and she begins to go home to get ready for a New Year's Eve party that she's attending that night. The party is being held by Toby Deem, the married man that she's having an affair with, and apparently she wants to attend despite the fact that it's happening in Toby's marital home, and his wife will be there. Not the smartest decision, but again, she's only 18 years old. Now, before she gets out of the grocery store sliding automatic doors, her ex-boyfriend, DJ, approaches her and tries to talk her out of going to this party. She's on the phone with Toby when DJ walks up to her. DJ is aware of the affair with Toby, and he's obviously jealous of their relationship, DJ wants Marina to spend New Year's Eve instead with him, but she declines. Toby would later say that he heard Marina say, oh shit, when DJ had approached her and she said she'd have to call him back. But she would never return his call. There would be witnesses around the grocery store parking lot who saw Marina and DJ having an argument before Marina jumped into the vehicle of a man who would later be identified as a frequent customer of Marina's. He would often visit her at the deli counter. Initially, this would be the police's number one suspect, and an alert was put out for people to keep watch for his metallic-colored Mercury Milan, which is a vehicle I must say I have never heard of and definitely would never be able to identify. Now, this was apparently a very unique-looking vehicle. It had a shark fin antenna, a spoiler, and shiny rims, so it was identified very quickly, which allowed the police to rule out the driver. Marina would not show up at the New Year's Eve party that night, and she would not come to work the following morning. Nobody was immediately panicked because it was New Year's Day. Maybe Marina had stayed up a little bit too late. Maybe she drank a little too much and would phone in soon. But as the hours passed and her friends, family, and coworkers tried to contact her with no success, it became evident that something was wrong. Her mother, Tressie, would go to her apartment to see if she could find any clues as to where Marina might be. She found the front door was closed, but it was left unlocked. And inside, it appeared that nothing was really out of place. Nothing was missing except for Marina's purse and her cell phone. Later, it would also be discovered that Marina's personal journals were missing from the apartment, and those would never be found. It's unclear whether or not Marina ever actually entered her apartment that evening or not. Her work uniform was never found inside, so many people believe that something may have happened to her before she ever even walked inside. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so... I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go. And they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language, Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factor's no prep, no mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's chef crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never frozen meals When the day passes and still no one has seen Marina or heard from her, a missing persons report is filed with the Indiana State Police. Flyers are posted anywhere and everywhere, and there are several small searches launched by her family, but no sign of Marina. She also misses her visitation with her son Landon, which is something that she never would have done willingly. Through speaking with friends, family, and witnesses, police learned of the very complicated life Marina was leading at the time of her disappearance. They learned of her complicated relationship with her child's father and the affair with the married older man. For this reason, they had a lot of people to talk to and a lot of backgrounds to check. Hey guys, a quick pause in tonight's story. I just want to thank you for listening to Serial Napper. I've had this podcast for a little over two years now, and I feel truly honored that you've chosen to listen. I've had an influx of messages recently with people asking how they can support the show. So I wanted to let you know a little bit more about my Patreon program. It's not something I talk about a ton, but it's there. For as little as just $2 a month, you can get all of your Serial Napper episodes early and ad-free. If you're looking for a little more content, I also have a tier that gets you a bonus episode every month and some exclusive Serial Napper swag. For all of the details, visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper. Even if you can't support the show financially, I just appreciate you listening. So from the bottom of my heart... Thank you. Now back to our story. Of course, suspect number one was the man who picked her up in the parking lot on New Year's Eve. As I mentioned, he was very quickly identified and cleared of any wrongdoing, but we'll get to that in a bit. Of course, they also looked at Marina's married boyfriend, Toby Deem. According to investigators, Toby was honest and upfront with investigators about his relationship with Marina. He appeared to be cooperative, and in the beginning, he even assisted with the searches. Toby had been longtime friends with Marina's mother, Tressie, who was very much aware of the relationship and didn't approve, though she just kind of accepted it. At a certain point, a mother can no longer tell her grown daughter what to do. Instead, they can only guide them to make the right decisions a third person who was at Toby's party that evening, confirmed that Toby kept asking someone to call Marina and find out what was holding her up. And apparently this person did try to call her, but it would go straight to voicemail. It's also alleged that Toby had a key for Marina's apartment, since he is the one that helped her to find it. And this is pretty much all of the information that I could find on Toby. It's unclear if he stayed with his wife, if he took a lie detector test or what, but he has never been named a suspect, and there really isn't a whole lot of details about who he was. Then there was DJ Lockhart, Marina's ex-boyfriend and the father of her child. She was seen arguing with him that evening. Now, he was completely against the relationship that she was having with Toby, and he wanted to work things out, maybe get back together and be a family. DJ would take a polygraph test, and he would pass, although it's important to take this with a grain of salt, because some people are just capable of beating these things. I'm not saying he's guilty of anything. I'm just saying I don't trust lie detector tests. In a very strange turn of events, DJ would pass away after being stabbed in the heart during an altercation that was ruled to be self-defense. This means that we can no longer gain any information about Marina or that altercation that they had. But her mother has always maintained that she believes DJ loved her daughter very much and would never hurt her. Investigators tried to get Marina's cell phone records to see who she was in contact with but they were unsuccessful because of the kind of burner phone that she had used. Marina's mother, Tressie, somehow managed to convince the manager of the Walmart where the phone was purchased to help the police to recover the data that was on the phone. She was a mother on a mission to find her daughter, and she used every resource at her hands. I don't know how this Walmart manager did it, but when they got into the phone data, they discovered that the last ping on the phone happened around 10 minutes after her shift had ended, and the location was near her apartment building and a pizza shop. This coincided with the story that the unnamed man who picked Marina up in his car would tell. Now, his story was that he dropped Marina off at a pizza shop a pizza shop which was permanently closed, but he didn't know it was closed. Marina had specifically asked to be dropped off here, which is very smart. Her apartment was located just across the street, but she didn't want this man to know exactly where she lived. Again, this man has been ruled out by the police, but maybe there is a reason that Marina didn't want him to know where she lived. Or maybe she was just being safe. We don't know, but a smart thing to do either way. Sadly, there weren't any surveillance cameras, so we only have this man's word about what happened. He has never been identified, and I'm really curious as to why. If anyone has any idea why a person of interest would not be named in the case of a missing young girl, I'd love to know, so get in touch. Now, there was a third person that the police took a close look at, a man named Vernon Gale Briner, who was a convicted murderer slash registered sex offender, and he was living right next door to Marina. He didn't really have any other connection to her disappearance other than being a convicted killer and on the sex offender registry and living in close proximity to the victim. Briner was known as the Aurora College Killer in the 70s, and he had been in prison for murdering a 19-year-old girl. He was released just two years prior to Marina's disappearance, and he was living beside her in the same apartment complex without her ever knowing. What are the chances of that? It reminds me very much of a story I covered last year from Western Canada about a young mother and her child who were murdered in their apartment by a neighbor who was a convicted sex offender living in the same complex. In my opinion, in Canada, we provide far more protection for perpetrators than we do victims, but that's another story for another time. Apparently, Briner had an airtight alibi. He was working on New Year's Eve, and there were several co-workers who confirmed his story. Briner would move out of the apartment complex shortly after Marina went missing, maybe because he didn't want to be connected to the case, or maybe because he had more information that he wasn't sharing. Either way, there hasn't been any evidence to connect him to Marina's disappearance. But what are the chances? This is still very much an ongoing unsolved case, which is why it's so important that we talk about it. Sadly, Marina's mother, Tressie, would live a really difficult life after her daughter went missing. She battled with her own struggles and addictions, ultimately leading up to her early death. It's really sad because she would die without ever knowing what happened to her daughter. Marina's son, who was in foster care when she went missing, will also never have the opportunity to know his mother or even to know his father, DJ. Hopefully, he's now growing up in a loving home and will one day have the opportunity to learn more about his birth mother through stories told from her friends and her family. And hopefully... He sees justice for his mother. While Marina's case is still technically open, it's quiet. There hasn't been any new leads or tips to come in that could finally help find out what happened to Marina Boulter, which is why I'm sharing this out to you now. Obviously, I'm not privy to the information that investigators have, but it seems to me there's actually a lot of information in this case that could be looked at closer. Investigators seem to be keeping any evidence that they have really close to their chest and I wish they would just share a little bit more with us, especially after having so many years pass with no movement in the case. Maybe someone will come forward with something small that they may be aware of that could actually turn out to be something huge. A young woman like Marina, who has been described as a tornado of a young lady, does not simply vanish into thin air. Someone did something to her. She's out there somewhere, and her son and her family, they deserve to have her home. Marina's sister-in-law, Ashley Bolter, spoke in a phone interview a few years ago about how Marina's disappearance has shattered their family's life. It's literally something that's in the back of our minds. Every single day of our lives, Thursday is never going to be the same for us ever again. It's always going to have that sadness. Never a fresh new year. It's always going to be another year's past and she's still not here. Marina is described as having strawberry blonde hair and blue eyes, being between five foot tall and five foot three inches tall, and she weighs around 95 to 120 pounds. She was last seen wearing a black and purple plaid peacoat, a pair of jeans that had rhinestones on the pockets, pink and white Nikes, as well as a cross necklace. She would have had with her a purse that had the Philadelphia love statue on it. Marina has her ears pierced, and she has a tattoo of a star with butterfly wings on her foot. And she's out there somewhere, so let's bring her home. If you have any information to provide, please contact Detective Bradley Style at the Indiana State Police Department at 812-332-4411, and I'll also have all of the contact details in my show notes. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm here on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Check out my Patreon page for more exclusive content at patreon.com slash Serial Napper. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.